0: And welcome to Shark Brain, the second episode. I'm Jake Newton, your host, musician, actor, struggling everything. Welcome. Last week on the show, we had Carrie Brothers. This week, we have Broken Anchor, or more specifically, the man who performs under the moniker Broken Anchor, Austin Hartley Leonard. He's a good dude. We've known each other for years. I love this guy. He is a an extremely talented musician and a, a hilarious person, wonderful rack on tour. You'll hear a lot of the stories that we're going to be setting up here. We basically talk about the struggles of touring, the struggles of being in a band, the struggles of the financial woes that can occur. Trying to be on the road, trying to be in a home. That is not to say a old folks' home, but to have a place where they keep your stuff and they don't throw it out on the curb if you haven't paid your rent in a couple months. Really love talking to this guy. I had a lot of interesting things to say. And, you know, like a couple of dudes that are trying to get funny, we may get a little caustic. We may use a little bit of colorful language. So if you're shuttling your children off to school, I'd recommend wearing earbuds or maybe putting earmuffs on them, regardless of the season. Otherwise, you're going to have to have a few awkward talks. Mommy, mommy... What did Jake mean when he said that bad word? Is that a bad word? Can men really do that to each other? Just don't do it. Just, just avoid, avoid the problem, and just know there's some, there's some salacious stuff coming up. I cut out an entire segment of us going off on a, on a light porno with Zoe Deschanel and an old woman. I'm not going to get into the specifics. I don't want to do that to you. I have to th- hear that in my own head every time I think of this. So thanks, Austin. But seriously, this guy is a talent, an absolute talent and a sweetheart of a dude. We had a great time. But before that, I want to get into a couple of other things. I want to thank all of you that have tweeted about the show. I want to thank all of you that have written in, who have texted me personally, for those of you who actually know me. Uh, it's been really, really great responses from everybody and I've really appreciated it. Continue to spread the word. Go to sharkbrainpodcast.com and you can uh, check out all the different uh, things that are coming up. We're going to maybe even work on some merch. There's a donate button if you want to kick in a little money. Maybe, you know, keep, keep the wheels greased. The wheels of commerce greased in the Shark Brain Podcast universe. Also, you can check out dates on my website, jakenewton.com. The, the two of the websites link together. So that's convenient. I've got merch up there. I've got shows coming up. i got one coming up September 4th with Miko and Brendan James at the Hotel Cafe. I've got another one coming up in October that I don't think I'm at liberty to discuss yet. But people, get ready. A train is a-coming. And it's a tall blonde guy with caustic humor and a guitar. And maybe another guitar in case that guitar breaks a string. Get into it. It's going to be fun. What else? What else? Ah, oh, my wife has mercury poisoning. That's never fun. That's never good. I've been struggling with uh, doctors trying to find a cure, trying to find uh, a way to get rid of it. We've uh, found this lady through a friend, who's been uh, taking us through the treatments. Kinesiology, I believe, applied kinesiology. It's not sports medicine. It's, uh, it's a little out. I'm a little. I was a little dubious of it at first. But it seems to be working. We've been going through that. That's been that's been not not easy. That is uh that is putting it lightly. It's been hell on wheels. But we're getting through it. It's taking up a lot of my, my mental space. But what are you gonna do? The problem is I don't want to turn into one of these dudes that ends up building his own farm and wearing a tinfoil hat and talks about the dangers of uh oligarchy. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the the shifty-eyed guy eating a eating an empanada in the middle of a farmer's market in downtown Visalia. That's not my vibe. I don't I don't I don't enjoy the woods as much as I think I do. I had a Henry David Thoreau moment when I was in my early 20s when I thought that maybe I'd build a cabin and, and isolate myself, but that was just because I was afraid of my own feelings. That's that was literally I was trying to run from myself into a cabin and then write about it. Probably too much Kerouac. That Desolation Angel book really just threw me for a loop in my early 20s. Don't let literature ruin your life, kids. Just watch television. Speaking of television, I've been watching Breaking Bad. I know. I didn't want to do it. I heard the way people talked about it. The way they talked about it like, I don't know, meth addiction. Hmm, poignant. For those of you who don't know the plot of the show, it's about a high school teacher that basically descends into the madness and chaos of the drug world and ends up turning into a meth kingpin. It's awesome. It's great television. The performances are phenomenal. I mean it's it they deserve everything that's coming to them. Good. Uh, but uh it definitely leaves you a bit heavy, you know, kinda like you just took down an entire Stouffer's lasagna that was laced with lead. Uh but but it is quite good. I'm ashamed to say that over the last seventy two hours I've taken in all three seasons of the first uh, first three. It's uh that's too much television for a person. There are people out in Africa handing Needles full of vaccine in the back of a UNICEF truck to dusty-faced people who look malaria-ridden. And the smile on the face of the volunteer as they hand that over going like, Here you'll live. Cut to me, Los Angeles, California. Not bothering to get out of the sweatpants that I wore to bed the night before. Wondering if there's anything that I can eat that I don't have to cook as I waddle over to my fridge. It's not an ideal picture. I'm not saying it's going to be every day. But until I get caught up on Breaking Bad, that's probably what it's going to look like. This is the joy of working for yourself. You're your own worst enemy. Don't do what I do, kids. Wake up every morning and journal and then go on a run and then write ten songs. God, i got to stop with this negative self-talk. I really do. Lift myself up out of the mire. How am I going to lift myself out of the mire? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to my friend Austin Hartley-Leonard. He's going to get me out of the mire. Love that dude. Let's go to him right now.
1: Oh, this is, this is what we're doing. It's the style. Uh, but the thing like for me, though, is that like, I have... Okay, so I don't understand the music industry. Mm-hmm. which is You're funny to say something that you don't understand that you've been, you've devoted yourself to being in for 10 years and have seen a relative amount of success. Yeah. I, I like, don't get it. <laughs> and like, by, like reading the left sets letter like doesn't help. Oh, you know it's I mean? awful,
0: dude. I I had to unsubscribe to it because at a certain point I've been like, just this annoying little shit. Yeah. It's the same shit. And so now it's like,
1: I, like, I, I start, I, be, I start being like, you know, people today, like, I start generalizing a lot. I'm like, people today really don't listen to music the way they should. Or, you know, like, everyone's more into their iPad and their apps and getting an instant gratification on YouTube and blah, blah, blah.
0: That's me, my bad. Ah, oh, dude. Uh, you know what? They're just going to have to wait. So, deal with it.
1: Is that your rotary telephone is exactly.
0: going out? Exactly. I know. It's it's turn of the century. I'm going to, like, Lexington 059. Yeah. You know? Yeah, go ahead and yeah. uh, give three
1: cranks. Exactly. and <laughs> Have the operator patch you through to a
0: colored boy who was working for Western <laughs> Union brought
1: it to me. Ah, uh, so is Mister Newton?
0: <laughs> yes, Mister Newton, you a... have
1: typhoid. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mister Newton. Unfortunately, you got yellow fever. <laughs> yellow fever. This is your doctor. I prescribe cutting one arm off. Uh, <laughs> so, like, we, I, I don't know what to do. I like don't. There's so much music, and no one's obviously like. No one's buying it, right? Yeah. Like, you don't sell records anymore. No. There's no labels. Like, there's no, like, when people are like, I'm going to move to LA to, like, get involved in the music industry. It's like, for what? Yeah. Like, you can't, like, it used to be that you moved to LA because you'd play a show and someone who was a little older, a little fatter, a little balder, with mm. more money in the audience would say, I can make money off this person. Yeah. Let's package this and sell it in a joint venture. Yeah. Usually the artist got fucked, but sometimes not. That doesn't happen anymore. Like, that doesn't really... That doesn't... Th- there's no risk-taking. There no, is aren't... no risk-taking in music where the business is concerned. So, there is no more one show can make your career. Absolutely. That is not happening. So, like, when I saw... Like, I saw a very close friend of ours show mm-hmm. the other week. Uh, I don't know why I'm keeping him nameless because I have nothing bad to say about it.
0: All right, well, then... Yeah, later, uh, let it fly.
1: But I went to... Um, I went to Javi's show, yeah. Javier's show the other week, and this dude got on the stage and crushed the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. So much so that like, if he had done that in 1997, then perhaps there would have been someone being like, I like your voice, I like your songs, Yeah, you need fans, I have access to fans, let's go into a no, joint. Tommy
0: Mottola would have said like, that kid, bring him over to our table, and then it would have just been on. Right,
1: and they would have had like... 50 years scotch together and Javi would have signed his life away. Yeah, exactly. And
0: then then for like the next 10 years, Javi would be struggling to get out of his, you know, whatever he signed that night. But either way, I'm like, I'm looking at Javi and I'm like,
1: you have to be you don't have enough money to be this good all the time. Like you, like yeah. your band that you have is so killer Yeah, and there's no way you have the scratch to take them on,
0: on the road. Well, we're in a very weird time right now, man. I was listening to this futurist talk, I think on the Mark Marin podcast, basically just that we're getting to a particular point where, uh, our infrastructure that we've built from an agrarian society isn't working anymore, man. We d- we've got something that is basically from the old, like medieval model of things, the 40 hour work week and our, our efficiency is getting to the point now. We're in an awkward growth phase where our art, we de- we don't have we have no ability to actually pay for the art that we desire because we have we have such, rabid fans who are trying to consume everything that to be able to pay for everything that's being thrust at us would be insurmountable. Totally. And on a personal
1: note, I hate saying you know when I was when I was when I was young and listening oh, to awful. music
0: makes you feel ancient because he
1: makes you feel ancient. But at the same time, the guy that grew up listening to Hendrix and bitching about Nirvana in the 90s. Like, Mm -hmm. he was 10 years old in 1960, and he's 40 years old in 1990, and he's bitching about how the music industry has changed. The amount that it's changed since 1990, when I was listening to music, and I was, you know, 9 or 10 years old, to now, puts
0: that to shame. Absolutely. It has been an
1: absolute, exponential... Like, there's... The amount of change, I would say, is 10 times... The 30 years... From 80 to 2010 mm. is 10, t- 10 times as much change as it did from 1960 to 1990.
0: It's the exact extrapolation. It, it ties itself directly to technology.
1: Yeah. And, and the ability to share. Exactly. And so I, I, and so now for me, it's like, okay, what can, in spite of all of this, mm-hmm. what can you do? And I'm like, okay, well, my idea is this. What do I need the most of? Mm-hmm. Fans. Yeah. How do you get fans? Yeah. Yeah. I think that you get fans by, in this day and age, constantly releasing media and going on the road. Yeah. Okay, so what's the best way to constantly release media and go on the road? The easiest way. Well, find someone, like a producer or something, or do-it-yourself to release media. So I like make a lot of stupid home movies. Dude, they're hilarious. And, <laughs> dude. I cannot
0: you. tell you how many times that I've, I've watched those things and my immediate gut reaction isn't, this is how you know it's good with me personally. It's not that I'm laughing going, that's really great. It's like, I should have thought of that. <laughs> that's how, you know, it's yeah. good with me because I'm that, I'm that.
1: Yeah. Jealousy is the best indicator oh, of quality.
0: Absolutely. Especially with artists, man.
1: For sure. So I do that. And then, so now what I'm trying to do with Ableton or like, I'm a one man show. Like I have no interest in looping. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in being the next, like, Katie Tunstall and, like, walk, walk, walk. And, like, I'm, like, you know, I have no interest in that. But I need to create a show that is mobile, Mm -hmm. cheap to take on the road. Like, I can hop in my fucking Prius Mm -hmm. and drive up and down the coast and impress people. So it's like, all right, what do you, like, who has, what group of people is able to travel very conveniently with one person? And create a lot of fans. Well, electronic musicians seem to have cornered the market on they, that. They
0: do that really well.
1: Tiesto, mm-hmm. who I'm clearly I don't, I don't like his music. I'm yeah. not saying it's bad. It's, just, it's not. Doesn't ring my bell. Hey, it's
0: not for everybody, but apparently it's for like millions and millions of people millions around people. the world. And he,
1: and that dude brings a flash drive to his gigs. <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, uh, Jerry Tiesto, or whatever mm-hmm. your name is." Yeah. Um, Franklin Tiesto, hey, hey Sarkis Tiesto, <laughs> why don't yeah. we give you a quarter million dollars to go headline some international festival festival in Ibiza mm-hmm. in front of you know we'll just say a hundred thousand a riot full of people. Yeah. And he'll be like, "Great, I'll bring my flash drive." Okay, cool. You guys yeah. have like computers and shit, right?
2: Right.
0: Yeah. There's and they're really like, like, "Yeah, that.
1: do you, what do you need? Do you need like uh, you can bring equipment? Yeah, yeah. I'll bring
0: my flash yeah. drive. I got, I got my headphones. I only need one of the sides because apparently <laughs> the other one's got to be off all the time.
1: I got uh, I got my he- headphones, so that's my uh, <laughs> my headphone and backup phone. <laughs> so. And so now I'm trying to like, and I also coincidentally really, I listened to the flying Lotus Los Angeles record mm-hmm. and the flying Lotus Cosmogramma record. And it totally, completely a hundred percent changed the way I looked at music. It was like, I, I listened to it. and It was like one of those times I was like, I have to like, I have to make this music. Yeah. I have to, give this a shot. I have to
0: see. I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. That's you. You got to see it. We'll, we'll sit down after this and and pull it apart and and listen.
1: It's dude. It's rad. And I, so now I'm like, I'm kind of like, okay, if I can bring the best, the elements that I like the most, perhaps not the best, but the elements that I like the most about electronic music mm -hmm. and the elements that I like most about indie rock. Yeah. And those are my two favorite types of music. Mm -hmm. Um, what does that look like? And now I'm just doing that. Yeah. And I have no idea what it's, where it's going, what it's going to be, what it could be. But like, I'm going to, I'm doing, I'm like just trying that. That's like my, and then I'm like, who's done that? I can't think of anyone. So that's a good
0: yeah, sign. That's a good indication. Yeah. So
1: like, that's sort of what I'm, that's like my focus now. Cause otherwise it's like, I, what do you, what do you do? Yeah do no, you
0: No, there, there's a whole bunch of of tropes that we could fall into as artists, and they, like I always like to joke whenever there's like singer-songwriters around, which is what the immediate title is that's thrust upon guys like us that happen to sing our own songs and write them, it's, and naturally, you know, it's it's uh, the nom de plume for most of us. But uh, there's always like a mention of a geographic location, maybe a mention of of a struggle with alcohol or drug abuse, right? And Guilty, then, and then being, you know. And and you know, like being unable to love someone and wondering why, but between like shots of whiskey, right? That's I mean I'm guilty of it too. I mean I I cannot tell you how many times I've like caught myself just falling into the same old pattern of that sort of thing. And you you can do it. I mean a lot of people make some pretty okay careers, but I don't know about you. But for me, I, and I feel weird saying this, but like I got into this mu- the business for attention too. I mean I can make music all day long in my own by myself. But damn, if I don't crave that attention from a crowd, right? If I don't that feeling of, of like you know international, or not international, but like immediate acceptance from a group full of people. Maybe it's my own like you know dark chasm of self esteem that just keeps on you know, throwing stuff into it, and it just goes to a black <laughs> hole to a wormhole. Or Probably somewhere in an alternate universe, there's a Jake that's balanced and to, is able to accept a compliment and not feel like he's shit. But yeah, in this one, I need I need the respect of the entire room. Yeah,
1: that's sort of, I think, why most people do it. Otherwise, artists would be like, when I'm not making music, I really like crunching numbers. <laughs> not like, when I'm not making music, I enjoy putting a needle in my arm and trying to escape. <laughs> exactly. And not to say that that's every, like, to be honest, like, that's not every musician, and not every musician falls into that cliche. But, like, in terms of at least subject matter, you always wonder, you're like, all right, so what do people write about? You b- Falling in love, breakups, mm-hmm. losing people, moving cities. Like, there's really not that much stuff. But then again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what is it that is going to draw? Like what, what else in life do you, f- are you like, this is affecting me so deeply that I have to make art about it. Yeah. Like what are you ever going to be like, Oh my God, this pork belly is so crispy. Uh, really is. I should really write a song about that. Yeah, like but, you're never going to do that. Uh, like no, uh, like you are really only going to write about those. And like, anytime you listen to a song, that was written after 1960 about something that isn't those things. It sounds like Johnny cash can sing a song about a train. Yeah. But if I see someone doing that in Los Angeles, I me, I'm like, "Well, this Uh, has been done.
0: Yeah. I leave my body. No, I think that there's like that whole pre and that, that, uh, industrial kind of like you know coming out of the world war ii thing that roughly hewn person and i think people are trying there's a trend for that you know the mumford and sons and then their expansion from people trying to find a certain sense of uh, sense of authenticity by dressing like someone from the grapes of wrath (laughs) yeah (laughs) and everybody seems like they're like just ripped out of a steinbeck novel and thrust onto the stage dude
1: zach galifianakis i saw him the other night play at largo and he goes is his like quick bit i'm not gonna do it as well as him clearly but he goes Guys, I was walking around Silver Lake the other day, and I saw a guy not wearing a plaid shirt. And it's like kind of a chuckle, and he's like, and then, guys, guys, I was walking around Echo Park the other day, <laughs> I was walking around Echo Park the other day, and I saw a guy not dressed like a chimney sweep. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, I was like, wow, that's perfect. Oh, man. Do you know they say Mumford & Sons is so popular because it so resembles electronic music, like DJs?
0: Really? Be-
2: Why is that?
1: Because, their really their only beat is four on the floor.
2: Boom, 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 boom. exactly. Tribal. So okay. you listen to like, <laughs>
1: right, and then you listen to a Mumford song. It's like, yeah, you got it. That's, it's all just a dude stomping on a kick drum. So
0: it's basically like tapping into that primal tribal thing in our own minds that we need. We need to feel that, and it's the, the catharsis there. Because I I've seen it like even amongst like uh, people that I would think they had no respect for that type of music the mumford and Sensing. you know maybe my wife's vapid friends and i'm not going to name names <laughs> but then you go like oh really you have that record and then they've got you know obviously all the shoot offs the the Lumineers and the right the the hearts
1: it just makes me laugh thinking about Mark Mumford being like you guys let's just not do anything electronic I want to just take this back to the roots (laughs) like we just want to make I want to make pure music we do you know what you know what we don't even need a drum set no we don't I'll just get a kick drum and we'll play banjos and acoustic guitars and we'll sing big choruses and it'll be like Irish drinking songs (laughs) and we're going to take over the world and they do that, and the first thing someone says is like, "Oh, that sounds like electronic music." Damn it! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's gonna like start. He's gonna only play like piano sonatas after this.
0: Well, dude, when did you get started in music? What was the turning point for you? Like, and more importantly, or not more importantly, but uh, more to the point, where did you grow up? What was your backstory?
1: So I started playing the cello when I was six, uh-huh. and um, because my mom was gonna make me play the piano, but my older sister played the piano and she hated it. And mm-hmm. so I like, I didn't know anything about music. I just knew that the piano was something that I didn't want to do Yeah, because I, I actually saw my sister get up and walk on the keys one time in a moment of frustration what
0: just just stand up on the piano bench and then like yeah
1: yeah like stand up on the bench and then like slowly step foot onto the piano and walk up the walk up and down the 64 she really showed that piano who was boss (laughs) she's like these kids are made for walking yeah
0: i'm gonna subjugate you (laughs) take that
1: yeah these pink moccasins are made for (laughs) walking these Uh,
0: jellies (laughs) are made for walking
1: these gross little kid bare feet were made for, um, so I started playing cello when I was six. I started playing guitar when I was nine and, um, I started writing music. I like, couldn't really write, but it was weird. Like, I don't know if this is your story, but I started a band when I was like in the seventh grade and we mm-hmm. wrote like 50 songs. Yeah. And it was like, they're all like, and they were like, dude, for a couple of 14 year olds, like, we were good. Yeah. Like, we got gigs in Chicago. We On, played. Yeah. And that's like, where
0: you grew up in Chicago? In Chicago, yeah. yeah.
1: And um, just outside Chicago, just north of the city. And we, we like got gigs downtown and we were like playing and, we, and people were like, that was generally the reaction. It was just like, oh my God. Like, hmm. these aren't, these are pretty, these are all right. All you know? Right, like, yeah. And then I got to high school and I immediately like, could not write anymore. Because I like, didn't know what I wanted to do, and like all like I got turned on like the Allman Brothers, and I wanted to play guitar like that, but I like, couldn't. And then like I, everything that I did was stupid, and like I like something happened.
0: Existential crisis of a fifteen-year-old kid. Ex-
1: you know the type. Oh yeah. And then I think, uh, I to,
0: I think most of my twenties were that. Like starting with about fourteen or fifteen years old, and I just rode it out all the way through.
1: Yeah, you you talk about it like it's ended for you.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> No I'm I'm working on it. I'm going yeah. to therapy. I'm doing the whole thing. I'm I'm getting up. I'm getting my serotonin going. Okay, Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Get some meds in you. Yeah. Oh yeah, just you know like you know m- Make that weird train ride or re- that uh, roller coaster turn that into a tram. Just like knock out the highs and lows. There you go. There you, there you
1: go. go. The Buddhism is supposed to do that.
0: That's true, but I didn't want to be like you know too kitschy. You don't anything.
1: like you don't like robes. Yeah, no. And it's not the nineties.
0: Yeah, it's clo- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's no no longer cool to be Buddhist. I mean, yeah. Like, and self immolation. I mean, that's just not really my
1: thing. Yeah. You know? Well, I don't think the those are the Zen Buddhists. I'm talking about the Indian Buddhists. Come oh. on. Oh, I'm sorry. I just did. get your shit. So um, then. I was a cello major in college, and then I moved. Uh, I moved to Austin, Texas. After that, and would you go to college? Vanderbilt University. Okay. Um, the Blair School of Music there. I was only a cello major for a while because I was like, I don't know. Yeah. What am I doing? Like.
0: You graduated as a cello major.
1: No, I, su- I switched out of it Okay. because there were like like the boobs were bigger in arts and science. Ah, uh, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I my priorities. I'm like, oh well, I, I want to be a musician for the rest of my life, and I'm on a. I've been in college for four years on someone else's dime. Yeah. This would be a good time to not focus on the future at all and just try to like drink yourself into a coma no, and really? slobber on a female.
0: Oh, yeah. Did it work? How'd that work out?
1: Not the, not as well as I thought it was going to. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh. It didn't really I, – I I really didn't – didn't really have the notches in the belt I thought I was going uh-huh. to when I left, you know. Mm-hmm. Slobbering didn't help.
0: So no, it doesn't typically. I mean, it depends on the time of night, though. I mean, if you get them right, like, right about closing time, you should be able to sneak. Yeah, out. but even that. But Chicago's like a, a Vanderbilt. Where's Vanderbilt? Nashville. Nashville. So, yeah. I, but Nashville's a drinking town,
1: man. Nashville's a drinking town. Yeah. Um, Nashville. Have you you spent
0: time there? I spent a bit of time there. I went over. I played uh, an event over at Charlie Peacock's house. Uh wow. okay yeah so that was that was pretty good cool. and i you know hung out with in an attempt to write with people but i ended up just like hanging out and drinking at 3 crow a bunch.
1: Yeah, yeah, 3 crow is great. Yeah. Um the 5 spot. Did you ever go to their sock hop night? No, i didn't make it out there. Oh my god. It's just some dude spending it's like spinning the most amazing like Motown and mm. Phil Spector's like the Shirelles like unbelievable. Um it's every Monday night or it used to be every Monday night there but Nashville's weird. It's like, I had a writing session in Nashville that was, I, I went to the guy, the typical Nashville star I went in at 10 AM to this room and I had a keyboard and acoustic guitar and a pot of coffee. And mm-hmm. It was like time to get to work. And I was like, all right, well, I don't really write a lot of country music, but like everyone says that Nashville is really <laughs> evolved. And, uh, so this should be fine. Like, and so I, I show this guy, like what I've been doing, which is this sort of like very typical LA singer songwriter song, mm-hmm. like finger picking sort of thing. Um, and he was like, "Cool, man, cool, cool, cool." Well, let me let me show you what I've been working on. And uh, he did have that cliche. Oh my God. Hey. Yeah. Oh. And he played three songs, and they were like, "I I couldn't sing them now, but the gist was, uh, moving to the big city with just a like a with a six string oh, and a dream. God, warm dude. case of beer, lonely motel room, Ugh. my daddy's tractor." Oh. Uh, like, that's just country living. Like, it was. I could. I was floored. Ugh. I was floored that there was still a, a market for that. And by the way, there's without a doubt still a market for Dude, that.
0: Dude, if you go on tour, you know there's a market for that. I'm not trying to like you know talk, speak highly or like you know be some elitist or anything like that. But yeah, no, there's there's the great middle that that loves that stuff. I'm from a town that loves that stuff. Where are you from? I'm from Northern California, right outside Yosemite. It's uh it's so directly between San Francisco and Los Angeles in this tiny little town center of California and it is it is just Future Farmers of America was the biggest club in, <laughs> in the Dude, it was it, it's remote. They play country music all the. We only had a country music station, you know. That and another one that played jazz, but it was always like that kind of Michael Silverblatt kind of a guy that sort of made a wrong turn and decided to open up a radio station. Right. And there was you know like Kiss Country, blah, blah, blah. and it was you see you seem like the
1: type of guy that really probably got along well on a town like that. Oh, I did. I, you I did had label. no disparaging
0: labels. Oh no, no. I, it was it was. I, I actually was a bit of a. I made I was comedy. I, I was a comedian. I made fun, and I I kind of floated around the groups, but I definitely held on to the belief that I was going to rocket out of there as fast as possible as soon as high school was over. Right. Yeah, you know, I had to get out.
1: Yeah, there's like there's there's cowboys mm. everywhere in America. Mm-hmm. Like if you like if you think of like California, like I think of California clearly, especially from growing up because I, when I grew up, I was like punk rock skating. Yeah, like that was like black flag whole thing yeah i was never as much into black flag but definitely like the like the like my favorite record was like beastie boys b-sides of like all their punk stuff and like fugazi definitely naked ray gun Mm -hmm. um minor threat like stuff like that and i was like oh california i know what the entire state of california is like it's people wearing vans and surfing and skating and like women in bikinis uh no no. Because if you go an hour north of Los Angeles and an hour south of Los Angeles and an hour east of Los Angeles, cowboys.
0: All the time. dude. Co- they-
1: cowboys for life.
0: For life, dude. Bl- blame the Dust Bowl, man. The Dust Bowl brought them all out for the Okies, man.
1: Yeah, like Colorado, cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. Illinois, cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. yeah. Florida.
0: Yeah. Cowboys. Rural Washington is Cowboys. I went to this one, uh, the thing called the Pig Run outside of this small town in uh, northern Washington and it it was the first time I ever heard the song Paper Roses being sung in karaoke by this enormous orca of a man maybe like 500 pounds but he was it was in the wrong key and so he decided <laughs> to just go above in front of this a bunch of like just snot nosed like haven't <laughs> had their TB shots kids all playing around with dirty faces it looked like like the end of the world and he's sitting there in front of the stage and going like
2: paper
0: roses <laughs> and we thinking I'm in the middle of it David Lynch where am I, where am
1: I? <laughs> yeah that it's, is scary. like
0: no but that was the cowboy the, the, the darkness man it's,
1: it's weird it's weird I um but then again, like, and I was talking about this last night, living in Los Angeles, and I'm, I love Los Angeles. Like, yeah. I, I don't think you hear a lot of people say that. No, there's not a whole lot of love that's being thrust towards it, but... It, I Towards it, and even like, but I really love it here. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, I think that, like, the stereotype of LA and is, it's like the world, I call it the world's most obvious secret, that yeah. it's a great place to live, you know? Mm-hmm because everything that's bad about it is avoidable. Like shitty people are avoidable. Yeah. Bad traffic is avoidable. You know, but like you can't avoid in Chicago. You can't af- like or you know, you can't avoid a 9-month winter, you know? Yeah. Like and but at the same time, everything seems weird when you leave. Mm-hmm. When I go back to Chicago and people are like getting off work at 6 and my friends have like careers and like bought houses and like have wives, it's the weirdest like I, I i i i can't identify it's so strange when really like i'm the strange one like yeah. i'm the it's just such a like it's such a weird situation going anywhere that's like not la yeah <laughs> really you know
0: no i think that there's a there's definitely a culture that's surrounded by the industry and everybody's got a little piece in the industry whether they know it or not i mean if you're Hell, even if you're a garbage man, you wouldn't be employed because there wouldn't be enough people here uh, to actually have your job be justifiable. Because everybody's sort of like tacitly involved in the industry one way or another. I had a friend who came out from uh, a few years back from Philly, and he had a theory that he had developed about um, about Los Angeles that even the garbage men are better looking out here in Los Angeles than <laughs> other parts because. Their grandfather came out in the you know the twenties and thirties uh to you know be in moving pictures and right. didn't work out ended up taking a job selling real estate you know had a few kids with another good looking girl that came from who was the cutest girl from her hometown and uh, right. didn't work out for them, so it's all just this you know and also the avocado the the foods everything you know, it's I have a
1: major crush on my garbage man
0: oh yeah 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 i don't even know I don't even see him it's too early for me yeah, he's
1: super dreamy, yeah. He's a totes dreamboat. Totes
2: dreamboats, man.
1: Totes, but goats I will dream. say
0: this: uh, the the meter, uh, the gas meter lady that comes and checks our our place, she's hot. Is she she's, really? She's really hot. She's like this cutesy. She's like I guess if Zoe Deschanel. What um, you know? It didn't work out for her. She was just. Threw on a hat from the Department of Water and Power, and is just you know checking everything. And she's keep
1: in mind though that actually might be Zoe Deschanel doing a real like she's trying to explore what it's like I mean, to be the, a meter lady yeah, for the next role she's for in. the next
0: uh, next romantic comedy that she's got going. Yeah, on. yeah. It's
1: called it's called Feed the Meter. Feed
0: the Meter. That's not a bad. Idea.
1: But it's yeah, but it's me dash t h e r.
0: I want to meet her.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we just just start just spitballing this script right now? I think we can roll with it, man. I okay, don't... let's start off with a guy who's in clearly a lot of emotional pain from a breakup.
0: Naturally, naturally, and he's probably a writer because the only scripts that get made about these sort of things are the dudes that are actually writing the script themselves. So he's a writer. He's uh, a writer, but a novelist because you know he doesn't want to be a lowly screenwriter. You know, right? It's... But he's writing screenplays to pay the bills. Yeah, and he's super ashamed. Absolutely, he, he doesn't
1: want to do it. Oh,
0: absolutely not. And so one in one night, in a fit of rage, because. Of a colleague of his Has got great, greater success Doing Getting a Peabody Or something like yeah. that He throws out All his work Into the trash Right Into the trash And as he's throwing His trash out You know Who should he see But then
1: the next morning we're Like well That happens yeah. And the next morning He like He scrambles to go Pick it up And oh. then he sends One out in the mail Cause he needs To pay the meter oh, Look no.
0: out Oh uh, and she's gotta Do her job She's just doing her job
1: And she's got Real world smarts
2: uh-huh.
0: yeah, but Uh
1: huh Yeah But as an old soul Yeah Full circle It think. really is
0: so we I think we uh where the train left the station uh you were just getting out of college so went right. from uh from leaving Nashville where would you go from there Austin
1: Texas yeah and um was there for 3 years i met my buddy Matt Ramsey and we started playing shows around there and this is another thing that i think maybe um i sometimes take into account when i'm thinking about like where where am i in my career and where should i be mm-hmm is that I think back to the shows that I played from age 24 to like, honestly, like 27.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's say 23 to 27. Yeah. And they were unadulterated garbage. Yeah.
0: Like the, the like real bad stuff. I wake up with cold sweats thinking about shows that I played during that period of time in my life.
1: And then you, but then, so then you're like, oh, well, then I shouldn't have any anxiety at all that I'm not playing Madison Square Garden right now because Mm -hmm. I've only really had anything worthwhile to say for like 24 months.
0: Exactly. I'm not, you know, I'm not at On the Rocks playing to a crowd full of really loud strippers, you know. Right. That that just got off work. Is, On the Rocks still does have that stripper pole, huh? It really does. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it looks, looks like a fever dream from a Coke fiend. That place. It's just, it's. It's Harry Dean Stanton's mind, That's and then what,
1: also I think about when I first moved to L.A. and I brought my like rusty brand of Americana to oh, on the rocks on the uh, Sunset Strip.
2: Okay, Clean where them. it's like
1: I probably followed a DJ, mm-hmm. you know, like I. And then I'm like, oh, I can't believe I was. I can't believe I'm not more famous now. Yeah, I know. All I right. can't believe my my like my alternative country <laughs> cowboy boot shit kicking wearing kind of uh, brand of music didn't take over yeah. the coked out strip. You know? uh, have
0: you ever made the mistake of going back and listening to board tapes?
1: Oh, oh, absolutely oh, not. That's,
2: that's, I can you.
1: only do that. I can only listen to CDs of my old self mm. when they are when they're so old that it's like I can I can laugh at it.
0: Yeah, look at it. It's kind of whimsy. They're like, like, oh, look at me. I was so young. Right. Like,
1: listen to this board tape of you five years ago. Oh, that's hilarious. Listen to this board CD of you six months ago. I'm going to go drink myself into a coma. Yeah, I'm going to go put, see
0: how much Drano I can put in my body before I yeah, sound.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go have a triple gin martini with a Drano floater.
0: <laughs> well, I do. That, absolutely. That, there's something about that revisionist history that I always like to go back and say, like, you know, oh, no, I I, I think that I, could, I should be better. I should be better off. I should be doing this. And, yeah, looking back on those shows, I did this one disco loadout show. You know the disco loadout uh, vibe? The, the, the term disco loadout basically comes where uh, – where as you're taking your stuff out, the the club <laughs> is changing over to like a, some weird discotheque. <laughs> themed. And sure, you realize, Like sure, you're just sure. we, you're like you know the guy that's the promoter is coming up to you going, "Hey, hurry it up! We only got we only got the place for an hour."
1: Right, 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 right. I played right, this right. place
0: called Club Seven Nine Six Nine over on Santa Monica, in the deep in the heart of uh, of Little Russia in West Hollywood. Sure. And uh, near tier. Yeah, yeah. That'd... Which is
1: a Russian restaurant I've eaten at, and they didn't like me. Uh, um, but then I ended up getting a free shot of vodka. So oh. really great anecdote. Yeah. I'm more of the color guy of this podcast. <laughs> okay. More anecdotes like that to
0: follow. Keep hey, going. No, you're, you're doing, Let me
1: good. interrupt your story with... Ter- with all right, keep no, going. You're
0: no, doing, you're doing great. So I'm playing this show, and for some reason, I think it's going to be a phenomenal idea. This is like maybe seven <laughs> or eight years ago that I'll just... Take whatever my record and I'll mute my vocals and guitar, <laughs> and, and I'll just and I'll play it from a from an auxiliary jack out, in high <laughs> <I know. Okay. laughs> and, and play that along. Now, one thing I didn't know before I actually got to the place I was asked, they didn't have any stage monitors whatsoever. <laughs> The place feels very weird. It's dark with brown walls, and it feels like a dungeon, right? Okay. Stop. Like a seventy-six dungeon. I'm going. This is kind of weird. There's a lot of mirrors on the floor. What's going on? <laughs> and halfway through the show, I go to start playing the songs with, that are like backed up by the computer. I realize I'm hearing them reverberating off of the walls. Oh, I'm not dude. hearing when they happen, and I will lose my place if I'm if I actually play it. So I have to stop. Every ten seconds and realign myself to the song. Oh my god. At one point, I just I just turn. I go. I just stopped the song halfway through, and I go like, "Guys, this isn't working." And they all went like, "That's okay." Oh my god, dude! That was, was that is like my like I <laughs> dude none of that. But like, half, like, as soon as I finished, I noticed like that girl's really tall. She kind of she's kind of dressed in a little a little flamboyant. I mean, like man, she's. Kind of crazy. Is it Halloween? That's funny. Oh, that that girl's tall too. That girl's tall and big. Man, there's a lot of really tall, like Stop, really garish. Dude. As soon as I was done with the show, the place turned into a drag club, like immediately. Like as dude. I was loading my stuff out, it was just drag queens everywhere. It was it was certainly not the club. That story, You couldn't
1: name. even put that story in a movie because they'd be like, this is far-fetched. No it wouldn't happen. It makes no sense. This is never- and it was
0: the first time that my, my now in-laws uh, came to see me. And so they were sitting there. Going, Brutal. Oh, dude, it was awful. And like my, Brutal. And you could see the look on their faces as they looked toward my now wife, who was just then my girlfriend saying, like, you know what? This guy might not be the one. You know? Oh, that is, ter-
1: that is terrible. that's it terrible. It's an awful show. Yeah. I think of I had I had some potential in laws come to a show one time that I played in Sacramento and like looking back it's like The day that they heard that, like, it wasn't really working out between me and their daughter. They're like, oh, no.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. Oh, yeah, he has so much potential. Does he need help moving? Oh,
1: God. You should erase his number (laughs) for his sake, right? You
0: know, help him heal.
1: Oh, here's a a six-month free subscription to
0: match just to get yourself over it. (laughs) No big deal. It's Christian Mingle. I know they're a little uptight. (laughs) So,
1: So I had a show... Okay, so I go. I get into Austin. This is after I moved to LA. I get into Austin, Texas, where, and this is like when my drinking started. Was like, okay, so this is getting heavy. Like, this is like yeah. really, we're like at that point.
0: Yeah.
1: Which quit was like four years before I totally stopped drinking.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and I get in. And I'm, what do I want to do? I was like, oh, I want. I definitely want to go to my favorite bar at six o'clock, because uh, like my flight landed at five fifteen, and I'm just gonna go straight to the bar. We love this bar. Let's go. Let's. We used to drink. Bushmills and Harp Lager and was always free and, oh, I know the bartender and I'm not going on until 1130, so this will be the perfect way to spend five (laughs) and a half hours in a bar with someone who doesn't control drinking super well. Oh, it's going to be good. So we finally make it to the gig. I I don't remember... I would... I barely... I don't really remember getting through it really that Mm. much. And it was the only time in my career that I can imagine um that i don't remember the last song i do not remember oh. playing it but th- like when i got off like i remember getting off stage and someone was like yeah you like fell down on stage like like no. like fell on stage and i was like what oh like in a cool way like they're like yeah you were on the ground you were really rocking and i looked at pictures the next day and I was on the ground, and I was really rocking, <laughs> but I was face down on top of my guitar, oh my so the strings were against the stage. <laughs> I was like trying to like, <laughs> I didn't want to like make a scene and try to get up, so I was like trying to, like <laughs> do like backwards push was like hoist myself up. <laughs> uh, it was, and then I the only thing I remember about that night, I remember like. I ended up going home. It doesn't even matter. But I remember the one real thing that I recall is a woman that I used to date in Austin came up to me and said, You are not even close to successful enough to have shows like that. Oh. And I was like, Oh. She's like, You are not even close to where you need to be where you can justify getting on stage that drunk. Oh, yeah. And I was like, Oh,
0: dude. That's amazing. So, so you basically, like, it's the. you quit quit drinking. What was the journey like that? When was the moment where you said like, okay, this is it, no more. I'm not handling this right, or this isn't for me anymore. <clears throat> um,
1: I well, I went. I was bartending a lot, and I was bartending and hanging around musicians. Like you know, you know, we, clearly we bartend in the same place, yeah. and we have all the same friends. So mm-hmm. you know what it's like, and. So I'd had the, I, I had known that I had had an issue with drinking for probably like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was like 24, I stopped drinking when I was 30. Which, and when I was 24, I remember telling my sister, I was like, I don't use glasses anymore. Huh? And she was like, yeah, I like, that's not good. No. Like you, like you should, you should look at that. And then we never, it was like never spoken about it again. Uh-huh. But, um, it was like it was from at that point. It was just like, yeah, I just like nipped from the bottle. You know what I mean? It was like, and that was years ago. So I'd known it for a while, and um, I went through a really bad uh, breakup, which is not to like sound cliche, but it's just it really is just the truth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I bottomed out pretty hard, and <clears throat> had a lot of like, it was just super dark. Like, I don't want to like, I clearly won't bore you with like, but it was just super dark. It was yeah. really, really, really dark, and I had like guilt and whatever so one day I went to uh I'll just out myself on this right now because I don't whatever but um so I left my hotel my left my guitar at the hotel cafe um after a show like we do because mm-hmm. I didn't want to deal with it the rest of the night so I put it in the back office yeah and I worked it and I was like oh, I'll pick it up tomorrow so I'm driving around the next day and I've actually I've never really told the story but um driving around the next day and I'm like, oh, I gotta go pick up my guitar. So I go to the hotel cafe and I unlock the door and go in and I go grab my guitar and I look at the bar and I was like, oh, wow, you know, like, this is perfect. Like, it's completely dark. It's the middle of the day. There's no one here. Mm -hmm. It's completely quiet um, and there's as much ice and booze as I could possibly drink. So, I take a pint glass, I wave it through the ice, fill it to the top and drink it and do it again and i'm almost done with that one and i just thought i was like you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm drinking alone and i
1: was like um so i called james yeah james babson who works the door and i was like yo i think i should like talk to someone yeah because people do that right like people like you know there's like you know like psychiatrists and Mm -hmm. Therapist and psychologists and stuff and that might seem like an okay idea like maybe i should and he's like yeah all right well um i know a guy go talk to this guy
2: hmm.
1: and i was like all right and i had nothing to do with drinking i was just like clearly i'm going in the wrong direction with, with everything has but, but drinking is not a problem
0: yeah no no I'm and really- then
1: this story is already too long but um anyway uh I started meeting with this guy, and he's like, All right, well, for this week, maybe you drink less. And I would, and then the next week would be like a massive bender. And I'd like go on tour, and he'd be like, All right, well, maybe it's like for this tour, you try to keep it in check. And then the tour would be like a, like, just like
0: know, all, crazy. all
1: day affair. Yeah. And so finally, he's like, Maybe you should just this week check out a meeting just to, and I was like, No, 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 no. I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah, mm-hmm. come on. Like, give me a fucking break. Like, that's not my gig. And he's like, well, it probably says something if you're scared to do it. Yeah. If you're feeling that much resistance about it, you know, that there might be something there. And I was like, okay, great. Well, I'm not scared to do fucking anything because I'm a real man. Yeah. And fuck you. So I went and I went to this meeting and I heard like five, I like I the people that were like sharing. I'd be like, oh, I've done that. Oh, I've done that. Oh, I feel that way. Oh, I felt that way growing up. Oh, I did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I was like, oh, I, I share a lot of these characteristics But then I stopped going because I was like, fuck that shit. I don't want to do this. And then at one point, it hit me that I was like, I've told everybody in my life, like my family, my friends, my people i have dated everybody that I could possibly tell that I will stop at nothing to have the success that I'd like to have to play music. I will sacrifice everything. I'll bartend any amount of hours. I will not have health insurance. I will live in shitty parts of towns Mm and shitty apartments. I will do anything I could possibly do. Like, I, it doesn't fucking matter. I'll do fucking anything. There's nothing I won't do. And the thought came. It's like, oh, would you stop drinking? And I was like, well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was I mean, let's nasty. just hold on. That's not insane.
0: That's the beast, man.
1: And then uh, I was like, and so for me, it was like, if I am half the man that, that I keep telling everybody that I am, then this deserves a shot because <laughs> I have a feeling that drinking is getting in the way of what i want I was like i just have a feeling i have a feeling that i'm not living up my to my potential and the reason for that is because of like and like pills and like tons i mean anything like and like also like girls like every everything you know yeah and so i was like all right i'll give this thing a shot and then i did and then shit got better so fast yeah like stuff turned around
0: what was it it got better can you like in a palpable way, what, what was... Well, so know. I
1: stopped drinking, and then I couldn't play any of my music. I could not play any of it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I remember the last gig I played with my old material.
0: Like a crisis? You going like, like none of this means anything to me anymore? It wasn't good. You remember
1: it? I you know. heard those tunes? You remember those shows? Like, it wasn't good. I mean, like, it wasn't... They weren't bad. Like, we had a blast. Like, yeah. remember, like, me and Rams and Sal? Like oh, we,
0: dude, you'd call me up every now and then, and you'd say, like, hey, you want to come play Madden on up, song? Yeah, yeah,
1: and we'd, like, play, but, like, it wasn't you know ne- I bet you never gave my record like you're like hey my buddy's awesome really fucking good like it just was like pretty good yeah but it wasn't like amazing it wasn't like um the songs weren't bad but they were just like this very contrived mm-hmm. americana thing because mm-hmm. I loved Ryan Adams I loved whiskey town I loved early Jeff Tweedy Tupelo like I loved all that stuff but like I didn't grow up in North Carolina I grew up in Chicago like mm-hmm. listening to and like in high school like I like tried to forget that all I listened to was like Raekwon the chef and like early Wu-Tang and Farside and mm-hmm. like all this stuff that I like loved. And I remember I like beat myself up. i would been like, God, I wasted so much time listening to like early Jay-Z uh-huh. and when I could have been listening to fucking whatever, like the Pixies yeah. or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like I could have been like really exploring, but like that stuff like unabashedly turned me on I loved that music mm-hmm. and I didn't, I wasn't listening to like, waylon jennings and i like you know what i mean yeah, or like yeah.
0: so when i first met you i thought you were from austin
1: right yeah and i like i like really was trying to do that thing and it wasn't me and so i the last gig i remember vividly the last gig i played with those songs i was miserable yeah and i got off stage and the people that were managing me at the time were like great show and i was like okay so this relationship is over Mm. and through no fault of theirs, Mm -mm. no, you know what I mean? But like, we want different things and I cannot play this music. Carterizing it. Can't play it. Like it was, you know, and so I, um, so I threw it all away and started writing new stuff, which was shitty because I had been in writer's blog for like two years, you know? And
0: it's it's absolutely fine. I just took, but then,
1: so I was like, I I went to Brad and I was like, let's cut a song and we cut this one tune that I had no faith in at all. Mm Mm-hmm and he put some stuff on it and I put some stuff on it and it ended up being really good totally fresh, totally new. Not like anything that any of my buddies were doing or any of the people that, you know. And I had never, we never set out to make it sound a certain way. It just happened. Like mm-hmm. it just, and then it just went on from there and we just kept writing, kept playing, kept writing, kept playing.
0: What came, what was the uh, impetus <clears throat> to go under a pseudonym as opposed to your own name?
1: Uh i just because i just wanted to disassociate myself from i also wanted to form a band i didn't know if i was going to form a band or not Mm. form a band i knew that i didn't want to be like just another guy with a guitar and i didn't want people listening i really didn't want people not that i'm like embarrassed about anything because it's like everyone's got their own path but i didn't want people looking up this material being like, "Oh, he has some old stuff too. Let's go check it out." Right. Yeah. Which by the way, like that would be a gift if anybody gave a shit that much, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. But at the same time, I'd rather like I'd rather it <clears throat> um as nice as that would be. Like I'd rather people not I'd rather focus on what I'm doing now. It's a totally new project. So
0: you heard it here first, folks. Go look up Austin Hartley Leonard. I mean, yeah. His pantheon of work. The early years. The early years. If, yeah. you, if, you're, if you like Whiskey Town and guys that deny that they grew up in Chicago, you will love Austin If you, you
1: like early Jeff Tweedy, then you'll barely tolerate <laughs> early Austin Hartley Leonard. It,
0: listen, it, the same goes for Jake Newton. If those of you who want to hear Jeff Buckley as sung by someone who can't actually <laughs> sing as high as Jeff Buckley but really tries, you will love Jake Newton. Hey, movie. who wants to hear Scared Ryan Adams?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do. Oh, it's so true, man! It's so true. But uh, but with the with the new place, uh, the new place, the new the new band, like well, you're doing a tour like in two days
1: tomorrow. Where are you? Uh, well, I'm playing cello with Lenka, so okay. it's not my tour. Yeah. I'll be side manning and then when that tour is that tour is only ten days, and I'm going to spend some time. I've been going to Minneapolis as of late. Yeah. There's, I had this woman and her husband. Um, they've been listening to my music for a long time, been like super supportive, and now they're just really good buddies. And I went and I did a house concert at their place. They're the coolest, coolest people imaginable. Her name's Emily Ronning. Wife's um, husband's name's Jade. Uh, and Minneapolis is like the place to play, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Really, it's so rad. Awesome. It has like no town has such intense pride and they have the pride about their musical either. history. What's that? Yeah, the Varsity Theater there, right? Varsity's there, yeah, yeah. Um, which I've not played. I'm playing the fine line um, in a few days, and then I'm doing a house concert for somebody else in Chicago. So I'm playing, I'm just tacking on some shows to the end of this Lenka tour because I'm going across the country on her label's dime, so I might as well kind of facilitate yeah. my own stuff into that. You mm-hmm.
0: know.
1: Um. So what do you do? Are
0: you touring soon? No, dude, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of writing and trying to figure out where the direction's going next, man. Really? Yeah. Actually, this podcast is called shark brain, uh, for the very reason I think I explained this to you on the phone, but I'll reiterate it just for the you know sake of the podcast. Uh, I had a moment of just trying, trying to figure out why I've 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 with my own neurosis have kept myself from nearly every available opportunity by just uh, uh, torpe- torpedoing myself. So I'm just going with this thing. It's just shark brain, like to talk to talk to my friends who are also in the business and then you know hatch stuff out and basically just turn off the neurosis and just be a shark. Keep on moving forward.
1: You know. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Re- you just release singles mm-hmm. with B sides. Yeah. And you just you have to like stop bartending. You gotta quit. You're right. You, you, you have right. to like take the plunge. Like you're making money elsewhere. I know that for a fact. Like you gotta quit and just get in the car. Like if you want to be like you're the best finger picking guitar player that I know, dude. And your voice is insane. Like you just you ha- you have to leave. You have to go. Yeah. You gotta go. You gotta beat it. You gotta get on the road. And you gotta like Fuck, right. chop down every fucking like sooner or later. I remember we w- I was on tour and we went and played this bullshit coffee shop in Alabama. And I, I, was, I was like, Rams, let's go. <clears throat> after we played, he's like, no, dude, don't like, don't be a dick. Like, let's watch these guys play. These guys are really cool. The band after us. So they get off stage and go, all right, all right, Rams, let's go. Let's go. And he's like, well, all right, fine. Let's, let's go say goodbye, dude. Don't be, you know? <laughs> so we go to him and I'm like, hey man. Um, and cause they they were great. They're like nice work. um, You know, Good job. We're, we're taking off. We just wanted to, it was great to share the bill with you. He's like, man, y'all were great. I mean, All right, dude. he's like, we're playing Smith's old bar, man. Just like, you should come to Atlanta and play with us, which is like famous rock club. And we are yeah. like, oh my God. Uh, Damn. Okay. All because we like stood, like hung around. Because
0: Rams made you be social.
1: Social. And then we played there and like there were these three sorority girls in the audience. And they're like, you guys should come down to Tuscaloosa, play a gig for us in our sorority. And we we're like, okay. Okay. Hey. And we like went down to Tuscaloosa and played and like it like that stuff just tends to happen when you're on like we called it tour serendipity and it's like if you're good and you're playing and you stay the extra hour which I clearly didn't want to do like that stuff does happen we, had, we ended up booking a really good room in Baton Rouge with a ton of college kids and like we it was like that stuff happens but like it just you get to a point where you're like what I'm doing isn't working so I have to not do it anymore yeah. not do it till it works yeah
0: Letting that letting that go and just like surrendering yourself to what you're good at and knowing knowing that which is just playing music. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you got the new record coming out in a month. Mm. Yeah,
1: we've got uh, a little bit of PR going for that, and we're gonna do like a record release here in town, and hopefully start like booking some shows on the road. Set up a checklist. Yeah. And um
0: I think you're grinding it out, man. I'm i so, I'm absolutely proud of you, man.
1: That's what that's like the plan. I think it's also it's it's either like a level of commitment or it's just straight ahead. I'm scared shitless. Yeah. I'm scared shitless. Can I'm it be going. both? Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Maybe one begets the other. hmm Um people always say like once you jump, a net appears. Always. Always. And like you find your it's just I've never heard of someone being like Yeah, I was uh, I was bartending, and or I was I was a waiter, or I had a day job, and then uh, I quit to pursue my music. And within two years, I was uh, sucking dick under a bridge. Like I've just (laughs) never heard it. I've never. I lost my apartment. Um, Um, I completely like people like sure they like people go broke and people but like it just doesn't seem people don't seem to like.
0: If you quit for the right reason, like if
1: you go, if you walk down Hollywood Boulevard and you ask you stop 10 homeless people and you're like, Hey, how'd you get here? They aren't going to be like, well, it's bartending. But then I took the plunge and wanted to go on the road. Mm-hmm. And here we are like, yeah, never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Never going to happen. Yeah. Never going to happen. And even if it's like you go broke, you come back to LA, you bartend, you sling drinks, you work coffee cups, you drive for sidecar. I've done that. Right. Like, you, you, drive, you know what I mean? Like you, and then you hit the road, you know, and like, but it's never going to be yeah. never going to like, Die. You're never you gonna know? regret like you're like. Never gonna lose your apartment. It's no. never gonna. You know. It's mm-hmm. just not gonna happen. You just. It's not gonna happen. But like at the same time, it's gotta be different than like good-looking blonde guy goes up and down the coast picking an acoustic guitar and singing about love. It's no. Just gotta. You gotta do something. You gotta. Yeah. There's something else there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will say this, man. Um, and this is not me blowing smoke up your ass. Like the stuff that you're making. With Broken Anchor, under the pseudonym Broken Anchor, is some of the most inspired stuff that I've ever heard you do. And I listen to it not because you're my friend, because I, I listen to it because I like the music. Well, it's no, the straight up thing. That is a huge compliment coming from me.
1: Thank you so much. Man. it really does absolutely mean a ton to okay. me. I'm um, ex-
0: I'm excited to hear this new stuff. I'm as always, and I, I love the fact that you're blending your humor in with your music, and you're keeping it. You know, you're you're exploring the pantheon of human existence from your perspective. It's awesome, dude. I want. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, and and I want to thank you for coming in and doing Shark brain, man.
1: Well said. <laughs> All right, sir. All right, dude. Thanks, Thank buddy. you.
0: So how about that? That was fun. That was a blast. It's great talking with that guy. It's always a little bit like juggling, a little bit like a jousting match, uh, going back and forth. Being each other's setup, guys, that's great. Going down rabbit holes. It's awesome. Uh, I ended up uh, paring a lot of that down. We're clocking in right at nearly an hour, but uh, I think we went for about an hour and a half, hour 45, just riffing and riffing. So it's distilled down. There's, there's more riffs on my computer that maybe for a future date we'll release as a bonus. For now, you can go to sharkbrainpodcast.com to get all the pertinent information you need about the podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can send an email, send a message, send a tweet to at Jake Newton. Go to jakenewton.com for show dates. Maybe click on the donate button. I don't know. If you got a little extra PayPal lying around. Keep the old coffers open at the Shark Brain Podcast. September 4th at the Hotel Cafe. Other shows to be announced shortly. Thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. it uh, it's been an absolute pleasure making this podcast, and uh, there's going to be more to come. It's, it's been an absolute, absolute joy to do this. Uh, so, take this, put it in your head, and go forth into the world a better person. That's pretty lofty. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm shocked,